You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Starting school in 2022 is going to be a bit different from previous years. Kids who may have been going to orientations at their new school may have missed out due to the pandemic. Parents might be worried about the high numbers of infections in the community or the vaccine rollout for their children. Sonia Walker is the founder of Kids First, an organisation that supports children and their families. She's also had over 30 years experience teaching. Hi, Sonia. How are you? I'm very well, Siobhan. And you? Good, thank you. Tell me, what would you say to parents who might be worried about their kids starting school this year, given that the pandemic is far from over? I would say that it is completely natural to be concerned and that you are not alone. It would be an unusual parent who wouldn't be giving this a second thought at this time. And I would hazard a guess that every parent who is contemplating the start of the school year, regardless of whether their child is in their very first year of primary school or whether they're in their last year of primary school or even high school, is going to be thinking about these things right now. So it's very much on the community's mind and they're not alone. When we have these concerns about especially our little ones going to school for the first time and the news is always changing about what the rules are and how we're going to keep them safe. What would you say to parents who may already, let's face it, have uh, starting school nerves themselves because it's the first time they're entering into this system? Um, How should they, I guess, handle those kinds of thoughts and emotions? I would encourage parents to understand that their children can read the temperature of the room. And when mummy or daddy shows that they are worried about something, then children automatically and naturally think that there is something to be worried about. And so if we want our children to have a confident, smooth, happy start to school, it's very important that we are self-reflective enough to recognise that we might be projecting our own worries and fears onto our children and to try really hard not to do that. There are some simple things probably to to think about, and one is where are your children when you're talking about these things? You know, little ears are like radars, (laughs) aren't they? They can pick up things when you're talking on the phone, when you're talking with neighbours. So be really mindful of what you're saying and where your children are when you're saying it. And, and also just be careful, I suppose, about the promises that you're making to your children about what's going to happen when they go to school because it's still a bit of a lottery, isn't it? It's a little while away before the children go. Things might change between now and then. And, of course, every school is going to have their own system, their own routine. And so important for us as grown-ups to be encouraging our children to listen to the teachers because the teachers know exactly what to do and the teachers are going to give us guidance about what they would like us to do and how they would like to do it. And so both both the children and the grown-ups will be listening to the teachers and following the advice that the teachers give us. 
we've spoken briefly before and you mentioned in that conversation that we tend to have a deficit focus uh, when it comes to the world in general. Can you talk me through that and how it might work uh, in the current times when parents are thinking about sending their kids to school um, and how we might overcome that deficit focus? Yeah, sure. Look, as as mindful, involved, loving parents, every, we all want the best for our children. And it's really easy for us to think about what we haven't done for them rather than what we are doing for them and what is possible. So thinking about what has not been possible is probably not that helpful at the moment because it's not going to change. Yes, we've missed out on some of the orientation opportunities perhaps. Maybe we're not able to go up to the school as often as we would have liked to. Perhaps grown-ups are not going to be allowed onto the grounds as often as they might have in the past. And this is particularly the case for parents perhaps who have older children and who have done this before and are doing it with their little person this year and it's going to be different. It's the Mm. same for everybody. And while it's unfortunate, it is what it is, and there are lots of things that we still can be doing to help our children have that smooth transition to school. And the teachers who have done this every year for such a long time throughout their careers, they're also very aware that the preparation for going to school this year may be somewhat different from what it has been in the past. And so as professionals, they've been thinking about this for a long time. They've been preparing for it. They're well equipped for it. And they're often parents themselves. So they're often dealing with it in their own homes as well as in their classrooms and in their playgrounds. So they do understand what it feels like to be that parent who is worried about sending their child off to school because very, very often they are also that parent. So if we can focus on the things that we can be doing rather than things that we haven't done, life is hard enough without beating ourselves up as parents. We love our children. We're doing the best that we can do with what we have. And that is all our children ask of us. So focusing on the things that we can be doing, Mm -hmm. what are some of those things that can help our kids be ready for school, and maybe, if we're lucky, even a little bit excited. (laughs) Okay. So I would start to encourage our children to get into a little bit of a school timetable routine reasonably early. Sometimes families do the best that they can to eke every single moment out of holidays that they can. And then they expect their children to be up and raring to go at seven o'clock on the first Monday morning of term one. (laughs) And they've been on holidays or they've been on a break for anywhere between six and eight weeks. And that's that's hard for a grown-up, let alone for a five-year-old. So making sure that we're starting to get our sleep routine sorted at least two weeks before the start of school. So we're going to bed at the same time, we're getting up at the same time, making sure that our children are well rested because the emotional and social demands of going to big school are quite high. And then when you add to that the requirement to be at big school for five days a week Mm. um, for, you know, the next 10 weeks, That's a lot. So we need to put some petrol in our children's tanks and make sure that they're well rested. 
Practicing the daily things that children need to be able to do independently, Siobhan, I think is really important. And I'm working with children now here at Kids First Children's Services and we're focusing on things like hats when we're outside, backpacks on our own backs. Grown-ups, we're not carrying our little people's backpacks. They need to carry their own backpack. <laughs> you know, and in the backpack, wherever you go, we've got a drink bottle, we've got a hat, and we've got a book or something to occupy themselves with. The backpack serves as weight on the back. So our occupational therapist here at Kids First would tell you that that's fabulous for regulating children's emotions and behaviour, that little bit of weight helps them to know where they are in space. We're teaching them how to be accountable for their own belongings. And, of course, we need those other bits and pieces, those hats and things. If they don't have a hat, they won't be allowed to play. I always suggest, too, that we put a pair of socks and jocks in the backpack in a jiffy bag so that should we have an accident, we have them right there. I even encourage families when they are out and about that you are starting to encourage your children to use public toilets. I know this sounds really odd, but when children go to school, they need to be able to use the toilets, the boys' and the girls' toilets independently. So having a little bit of practice in a toilet block that is not your own, whether it's at the local shopping centre or at your church or wherever, just learning how to use communal facilities. I know it sounds odd, but these are the things that freak little kids out and they're things that we can so easily do at home. I was just wondering, sorry to interrupt, but I was wondering if there may be any specific things you can do for children who might be particularly anxious or shy. Absolutely. So with any child under the age of seven, these little ones physiologically uh, are developing using their visual skills to learn. If they can see it, if they can touch it, if they can play with it, they can learn it. And so for very anxious children or sensitive children, we're looking for visual strategies that will assist them. Here at Kids First, we often use what we call visual schedules. So we create a little bit of a timetable for our children about what's going to be happening when. And you'd be surprised how often a sensitive child will refer to that during their day. It's a little bit like grown-ups referring to their to-do list or the calendar. What's coming up at two o'clock? I've got no idea. I don't remember. Let me have a look. <laughs> um, and so children are just little people and they need clarity and they need certainty. And so if you have a sensitive or an anxious child, talking too much just escalates those feelings of uncertainty and so it's about bringing the chat down and giving them other ways to gain the information that they need. A visual schedule is a great way to do this. It's a simple simple thing you can build with a piece of cardboard, some Velcro dots and some pictures. A $20 laminator from Big W or Officeworks is a godsend for creating the kind of pictures that you would put onto these things but they really do help young children to have an understanding of the sequence of what is happening. And when they know what is happening, they are less anxious. There's also many a character who has been to school. Maisie has been to school. Uh, 
Peppa Pig's been to school, even Thomas the Tank Engine. I know it's remarkable. I don't know how Thomas the Tank Engine actually had a first day at school, but he did. And so there are lots of books about going to school that are a fantastic social story for children. And so these are the kinds of things that loving grandparents or aunties or family friends can perhaps be giving to children that can be a fabulous before bedtime story and you'd be surprised again how often children will pull those kinds of books out of their bookshelf to look at them to help them become a little bit safer and more secure about what's going to happen at school and let's face it if Peppa Pig's been to school so I could probably do school too Um, (laughs) but we can they give parents an opportunity to talk about the kinds of feelings and experiences that might be part of school and it uses a visual and a familiar character to help those conversations happen. And so at this time of the year when we're getting ready to go to school, they are a great tool. Um, Can you see any other impact that the coronavirus pandemic has had for kids and their families starting school this year? I think the... There is a, I, I think there is a little bit of a fear among parents that we might all go back to homeschooling and what, what might that look like? And nobody wants to go back to, to that, but we need to be prepared for the fact that yeah, anything could happen. Parents have had a very challenging 20 months since this came along and sometimes our own reservoirs of empathy and patience can be exhausted And that affects the way we parent. It's important to recognise that we all have our high moments and our low moments during the week. Thursday afternoon at five o'clock is rarely the most fabulous time in families. (laughs) You know, we are usually all holding on by our toenails and that is completely normal and completely realistic in any family, regardless of whether we're in a pandemic or not. As parents, I think we need to cut ourselves a little bit of slack, understand that, you know, we have our great days and our not-so-great days. We need to know where those days and moments are Mm -hmm. so that we can catch ourselves if we are not responding as positively as we could because Mm. sometimes it's the children are just children. They don't have the capacity to reflect. They don't have the capacity to plan cognitively they're not really able to think about the consequences they're only little and it doesn't matter how many times you've told them in a moment of high emotion they will not remember so the more structure we put around them the better I often talk about plastic buckets that have different colors for different members of the family so big w or bunnings you know those flexi tubs that's a great way to help children stay organized as well around the house and to reduce your own pressure. So if if Roger had his orange bucket and Savannah had her purple bucket and there's one in the living room and there's one in their bedrooms and there's one in the bathroom, their things and their stuff can get put <laughs> into those things. They're a great way to manage the after-school dump of school bags, hats, recorders, notes, leftover lunch boxes and the squash bananas that are in them. All of that kind of thing. If you create structure, you reduce chaos. Indeed. Well, Sonia, I think that's um, 
marvelous. There's lots of <laughs> advice in there that I could take myself and my kids aren't starting school for the first time this year. Thank you so much for your time today. You're very welcome. Practical tips, keep it simple and go easy on yourself, mum and dad. There's always another tomorrow, as Annie used to say. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Brilliant advice. That's Sonia Walker. She is the founder of Kids First. And for more information on the work that Kids First do, check out the links in the notes of this episode. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us so we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, send your email to feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.